Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hoopstradamus podcast. I'm Adam Shalafu, and we're running the triangle offense today. Uh, we got Josh Sclair coming off the bench. He's been busy lately uh, with law school. Great to have him back. And then we got JT Makarski, my cousin. And uh, he's coming in all the way via Zoom. You're in Arizona right now. Yep, I'm in northern Arizona, up in Flagstaff, so about two hours from Phoenix. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, so we're thrilled to have you on. Uh, Josh and I, of course, go way back to uh, the college radio days. A little deep dish hoops talk was his show. Uh, Running with the Bulls was mine. And then uh, we both had plenty of fun uh, doing all sorts of stuff. And so uh, fun to get everybody in the same virtual room here. Uh, But, JT, you got quite a few exciting projects going on. And uh, you're you're also my cousin, but that was a <laughs> I wanted to bring you on uh, to uh, talk to you a little bit about that. And so, yeah, break it down for us, man. Yeah. So on my girlfriend and I, Jordan, we are actually the co-hosts of this podcast called Nomadic by Nature. It's a podcast about traveling. We bring on influencers from around the world. We interview them, take in their insight and give off information to hopefully benefit people who are listening. Uh, we just recently actually bought a van that we're going to convert into a livable space as well as a, like a motivation area where we can do our podcast, do some motivational videos along with our videography and photography that we're going to combine with it to hopefully give that visual representation. So a lot of new stuff coming. It's really exciting, really excited for it. New beginnings, really scary, but also ready for it. Absolutely. New beginnings are always scary, but exciting, exciting. And uh, I, I love the idea of converting the van. And yeah, where can people find these motivational vi- videos and all your work? Yeah. So for, for the podcast, you can go to Nomadic by Nature podcast. And then for my motivational videos, just go to JT Mokarski, M-O-C-A-R as in the car, S-K-I as in ski the slope. So pretty easy to remember. Uh, but that's how you can find me. That's a great place to look. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so you uh, have been out in the Phoenix area pretty much most of your life. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to go kind of Phoenix heavy today and we're due for it uh, because the Suns have honestly been, I mean, they had a, they had a rough game last night against the Celtics uh, in, a, in a finals rematch from, I want to say, 1977, jo- 1976, Josh? I believe, yeah, I believe 1976. 77 was Portland and uh, Philly. Okay, I was testing you and you passed. <laughs> this is why we got Josh, the, the, the master of NBA history, uh, to fact check everything. Um, <laughs> let us know if we miss anything else. So the Suns are 42 and 17. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that they've uh, been good this year. One thing I'm thrilled to see is that they're starting to figure it out in overtime. They were 0-3 in overtime games. Now they're 3-3 and in overtime games. And so I feel like they're really starting to turn a corner. They have a great feel for the, their identity. And it's been a special team. And obviously the first guy that we have to talk about the guy who just goes places and then they're good. Uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> and I don't think he he's no way should he be MVP, but he should be at least top five, maybe top three. He's in my top three for MVP personally. Is he a mini LeBron James in that everywhere he goes, the team just gets 10 times better 
in a way, he, I feel like I, I've kind of thought of him as like a mini LeBron in that wherever he goes, the team just gets instantly 10 times better. And it's just the influence that he has in the locker room and everything. And it turns the whole team around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just such a high IQ player. Uh, yes. Friend of the show, Magic Johnson, was telling me earlier that uh, he should be coach of the year. Chris Paul. Chris Paul? That's not a – I mean, I like how they're saying that because he is a coach in so many ways because of his influence and everything. And I remember back in just – I knew – we knew off the bat how good of a player he was because I remember when I was a kid watching him at Wake Forest when he played – they played Illinois just how much – just the guard playing that game. That was fun. It was D will versus Chris Paul. Never yeah. forgot that game. And that was a rivalry that lived on in the NBA too. Yeah. And, but you saw the talent he's always had it. He's always been the, the smartest player on the floor pretty much every time, unless you're playing someone like LeBron James, who's has a basketball IQ off the charts. And when I look at a guy like Chris Paul, I mean, what do you say? 20 points per game, 20 points in each of his last three games. And he's just, he brings it every night that you need him 50, 40, 90, the last month. I mean, he's just, he puts in everything that you need. He puts in the work consistently and does what you need him to do when he he's called on some nights. He's not, you're not going to need him to shoot as many buckets. Sometimes he's going to have to carry the heavy load and last three games, 50, at least 15 field goals, 50% all three games. When he when the time calls for it, he can still produce in this league even at 35 years old. It's that's the sign of an of a great basketball player. That's what it is, plain and simple. Definitely. And look at look at uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, the way they're playing this year. Now that they have a veteran on their side, kind of training them right by their side, it, it it's definitely makes a difference. Yeah, and I always call it the the Tyson Chandler effect, right? Like you can put as long as you have an athletic finisher. Chris Paul will make you look like an all-star, but DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he is, in my opinion, you could make an argument, the most underrated center in the NBA, you know, and he, he gets a lot of his buckets on second chance opportunity. It's not like there's a ton of stuff necessarily designed for him, but what a perfect pairing to put a rising young star like Ayton alongside one of the best of all time as far as feeding big men. And I think that Aiton, you know, being 22 years old right now and just a little more than halfway through his third season, even though, you know, he, he had more points per game, the, his first two seasons, I think this is the best he's looked as far as like the eye test goes. And Uh, It is a career high in field goal percentage. And so he's not scoring the 16.3 his rookie year, the 18.2 his second year, only 15 points a game this year, but the field goal percentage is all the way up to 62%, whereas uh, previous was his rookie year uh, at 58%. And I think that he's going to benefit long-term by just having that experience of playing with one of those basketball geniuses may not get the touches you know he may not get the field goal attempts but his buckets are always valuable when he's called upon and that says a lot i mean he's i mean still he's getting 10 shots a game in which is pretty reasonable i mean we look at a guy like Deion, deandre jordan he may get five or six maybe seven on a good night and they were all just dunks but 
he made the most of everything that he had because like when you have a Chris Paul, you're going to get open on this pick and roll. You're going to have opportunities and you can maximize a guy's effort just based on that. We saw with James Harden, Clint Capella, pick and roll game. Clint's not the most talented big man scorer, but they utilized him in the role that he fit the best, found what fit him the best and maximized it. Yeah, it's all, all about kind of identifying those pieces and then uh, bringing them together. And that's where Monty Williams certainly gets an, uh, a lot of credit. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But uh, JT, as someone in the Phoenix area, what's it been like with that fan culture? This is a city that's been starved for success for a really long time. What was the last time made the playoffs? 2007, 2008? Was that the Jeff Hornacek? Yeah, it was. I think it was that still Steve Nash era, that right around that era. They still had that, that motivation there. Um, no, I, I think honest, Shaq was on the team. That was the last time they made it. Geez, so, Shaq was on the team. <laughs> wow. Shaq was the center, I think. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look this up. Last time the Suns made the playoffs. 2010. Okay, yeah. So, no, that was the, no, Shaq was no Shaq was on the Cavs by then. Okay. Yeah, but when was last time they com- last time they competed in the playoffs? <laughs> Made the conference did, final. Did they get out? Okay. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah, growing growing up in Arizona, I mean, like the past like during my middle school, high school ages, I was able to get tickets for five bucks to go see some of the best teams play the Suns and literally hand it to them and whoop them. Uh, it, it wasn't fun. You'd see probably 25% capacity in stands. You weren't getting the atmosphere that was needed. They didn't have the culture behind the fans. And it, it kind of developed to, to now where we're at is it's, it's taking over. I feel like the Suns really took on that, that culture of wanting to give an experience to their fans. They redid their building, like the in- interior of it to make it a more basketball friendly facility. And they brought on the people they brought on Devin Booker. They brought on, uh, Chris Paul, like that was the biggest bring on that that really sparked the city. Right when that happened, everyone knew the season was going to be good, that we had a potential, I feel like. Yeah, and so many good moves. I mean, uh, Bridges has been fantastic for them. He, he wound up being a just a perfect fit, somebody who can attack the rim but also knock down 40% from three. And honestly, another guy who just wins everywhere he goes – in someone who they're definitely missing in Miami is Jay Crowder. I think he's just been a phenomenal uh, fit, just a, a, a competitor. I know it's such a cliche, but he brings so many big, big plays late in games, whether it's a tap out or maybe he's knocking down the big three or he makes a big stop defensively and uh, just always been a super high IQ guy. And uh, Josh, you and I covering the Big East for a, a few years there in college. We always talked about just how tough these guys are. They come out of Marquette. And he, he's a perfect example of that Marquette toughness, too. He really is. And, you know, those guys, we always know very high IQ basketball players. And just the thing, I, you know, I thought when they lost Jake Crowder, Miami, that was going to be a huge detriment to them because Jake Crowder is such a solid, you know, he does all the right things. He shoots the three, plays good defense. He's a big body that can get in the paint and cause disruption. If you're going to the basket, he can cause problems for him. We saw that when the Bucks played Miami last year. I mean, pretty much after the first two games, I thought, yeah, they're screwed. 
And it, the reason why I thought that was because they had a perfect game plan, but these guys could get on Giannis. They could body him. They could play him. They were tall enough to guard him. And Crowder's a guy who's big enough and strong enough where he can, you can give, he, he can give you issues. And just think about this team is we saw last year that they were heading in that direction, just missed the playoffs. And now we're seeing a team that finally got that piece in Chris Paul that they needed. And now we're seeing them at, if I'm right, number two in the, in the Western Conference. Sometimes all you need is that one piece to put you over the top. You know, take the Bulls, for example. 41-41, two years in a row. Then they get Boozer, Ronnie Brewer, Corver, all those guys. And in an instant, they're the number one seed in the East two years in a row. 62 so, wins that first year, I believe. Hmm? 62 wins that first year. 62, yeah. right. You know, sometimes all it takes are, you know, some pieces falling together and you're right there. Yeah. Miami, before LeBron got there, they were still a playoff team. Yeah. Wade had his best year of his career. And we knew, we know what we, we knew they were still a decent team. They just didn't have the star power needed to put, get, get them all over the hump. And sometimes, you know, a team's going to be good. They just aren't quite there yet. Yeah. Now we're seeing what Phoenix can do now that they finally have that star power, that extra star to finally place in the backcourt alongside Devin Booker, who's needed that forever. Yeah, for <laughs> real. He finally has something. That he, now we're finally going to see him in the playoffs. And it's astounding to me just now he's finally getting what we all were hoping for, a back-to-back awesome. This guy, we knew when they were the worst, I believe the worst team, if not the second worst team in the Western Conference two years in a row, down this there. guy deserved to be an all-star and now we're finally he's get, he got the recognition now he's gonna make the playoffs and we're gonna see what d book looks like in the playoffs it's gonna be very interesting and they're gonna be a big problem yeah and th- th- this jogs my memory a little bit i got a funny story uh it was about 40 months ago and so right before i left chicago and we talked about it before we started the recording button i've mentioned it on the show but i'm, I'm moving back soon so right before i left chicago uh, I decided to go to a Chicago Bulls game with one of the hosts of this show, Hami Arain. And so Hami and I go to this Bulls game, but there's a plot twist here. We decided to go in disguise as Phoenix Suns fans. So we, were for, we pretended we we're from Arizona. I think we even like made up fake names. And I wore my uh, black throwback Dan Marley jersey. I love that jersey. That's oh, a good it's a great jersey. And... Uh, you know, Hami like had a, a Phoenix Suns shirt already. And so um, we go there and it, it was a blast. You know, um, we we saw Bill Wennington before the game. And of course, the one time I get to meet Bill Wennington, I'm decked out in Phoenix Suns gear. And I'm like, I'm a huge Bulls fan, I promise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> even then, you know, that's that's three years ago. And that's what we we call on this program, a league pass team. It's not a team that's necessarily good, but they're entertaining because, you know, maybe they have a young star. That young star was Devin Booker, you know, but we were starting to say like, what's this team going to look like? Eventually they could be really good. Right. And uh, sure enough, we're there. And so uh, let's, let's get into the next uh, stage of our discussion here. Coach of the year odds, because he's in the top three and we, the three of us have kind of agreed that it's a three dog race. You got Quinn Snyder is right now with the best Vegas odds. Second is, Oh, actually. Wow. 
No, no, it's actually uh, barely. Monty Williams looks like he's the favorite, at least according to VegasInsider.com. <laughs> Holy smokes. How about that, kids? Uh, and then Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau uh, tied for third. And so who do you guys think uh, is your pick for coach of the year? Whoever wants to take this, go for it. Yeah, uh, I was, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, JT. Go ahead. Oh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I would say, honestly, I would say Monty, just because I was reading an article a few few days ago about uh, Devin Booker and what he was saying about Monty came to the team. And he said that it was this one quote that truly changed his mind. And it, it said, everything you want is on the other side of part. And I guess Booker took that really personally. He, he, he took it with a grain of salt and brought it to him with every game. And that's something that really resonated. Uh, with me, I was like, dang, that's that's the motivation that young person needed. He needed that that leadership. And whatever Monty was doing from 2015 to, to now with the Suns, he did well with with transforming his coaching style to this young culture with with having some veterans on the team as well. What about you, Josh? You know, I would have to agree with Monty. I think as much as we love to see um, Quinn Snyder doing his thing, that team had already made the playoffs. We've already seen – um, the success that they can have Utah, but you look at a team like, you know, Phoenix, Monty Williams gets there. They almost make the playoffs his first year. Now they're the number two seed. And I think that you have to recognize that the, the jazz have been a playoff team. I mean, you know, have been, a, have been perennially. A, yeah. For so many years now. I mean, and honestly, so know- you look at the Utah Jazz and there haven't been too many years they've missed the playoffs since the mid-80s. They have made the playoffs four years in a row now. Four out of six years, Quinn Snyder has been – four out of six years he's been there. Now it will be five out of seven. And you're right, they almost never missed the playoffs to begin with. We know what they're capable of. We know this team is fantastic. They won 50 games two years ago. Mm-hmm. We know this is a great team. We know the potential they have. Now we're seeing them maximize their potential to the best they can. But I would say I'd have to give it to Monty just because Phoenix won 19 games two years ago. Now look at them. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that says it all. What a kind of a coaching job you have. And yes, I do agree. Chris Paul should get half of should also get half the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should split that award evenly between him and Monty because you have two coaches basically now. You have Monty Williams, but then you add Chris Paul to the mix, who is a coach on the floor and is that guy who influences in so many different ways. Because before he got to the Clippers, they friggin' sucked. They sucked. It's plain and simple. That first year with Blake, they were not good at all. And then you bring in Chris Paul, and the entire culture changes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I'm still salty about 2015. I'm still salty they blew that lead. I still am because I still believe they would have beaten Golden State in the playoffs. But that's me. And, but even so, you see what's going on with that team. I, I, and it's just amazing to watch. It's plain, that's plain and simple. It's amazing to watch, and you have to tip your hat to them for what they're doing. Yeah. And I, I do think that they're a, a very legitimate contender uh, because I, I don't think the West is decided as people say. And we'll, we'll get into that, right? Uh, but my pick for coach of the year is – uh, I'm actually going Tom Thibodeau. Uh, you talk about taking a team from the depths of the dumpster. Uh, th- there's another situation right there in New York. Uh, Knicks have won eight in a row now. I don't remember. Like that feels weird to say, you know, like it, it, it 
that doesn't feel right coming out of my mouth. It doesn't make sense. That's not something that happens. Right. And that's another team that was only 17 win team in uh, 2018, 19. And then uh, last year, just uh, they were 21 and 45. And so they did do a nice job flipping over some of that roster, but it's not like there's some all-star team, you know, but the way Thibodeau is unlocked Julius Randle and turned him into a superstar. Someone people are talking about all NBA first team, uh, kind of a walking triple double. And Julius Randle has always been a really skilled player, an underrated player. And so a lot of people are talking about him for most improved player in, I get it, but he, you know, last year he was really good too. Like last year, uh, he was 19 and a half points, 10 rebounds and three assists this year. He's 24 points, uh, 10 and a half rebounds and six assists. And so he, he is like more of a walking triple double. He's uh, shooting a career high 41% from three where his previous career high was only 34. Obviously Randall put a lot of work into his game, but you got to give Thibodeau a lot of credit for, he, he always did such a good job when he was in Chicago. We got to see it firsthand where, he would identify the team, identify all the resources, and then be able to build an identity on the fly. Oftentimes, you know, Derek Rose goes out and they have to, all right, Joe Kim Noah is the new center or, or the new point guard, essentially, you know? And so Thibodeau, once again, has done a brilliant job building an identity and turning the Knicks into an unbelievable defensive team as well. And not to say the Suns aren't. The Suns are a top five defensive team that are only allowing uh, 108 points per game. Now, let me take a look at how many the Knicks are allowing right now. Because number one in the league, number yeah, one, the in, number one. So only field yeah. goal percentage, number one, and three point percentage allowed. I mean, in the year 2021, if you're holding a team to uh, under 105 points per game, like that's not impressive in 2005. That's not impressive in the 90s, but in today's NBA. That's incredible. You know what? I will say this about Tibbs. Good old Tibbs playing his best player the most minutes in the league. Who yeah. <laughs> was the shocker there? Yeah. I just love to point that out there. When I'm like, he's still playing him 40 minutes a night. Those knees have got to have ice bags out of him after every game. But still, I agree. We always I knew Julius Randle was a great player. He just did not have the three ball. Now he's got the three ball, and look at what he's doing now. I mean, I watched the game when he played Zion in the garden. Phenomenal game. Him going on Zion one-on-one, it was beautiful to watch. But he's got guys around him. He's got talent. Like, you look at this team, he brings in Rose and Taj. Taj is a savvy vet. Taj is always the guy, you know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you offensive rebounding. He's going to give you that nice mid-range. He's going to give you a jumper. He's going to give you what you need inside and solid defense. And overall, shout out to Alfred Payton, who's been a great pickup as well. They got guys kind of off the scrap heap and they're maximizing their, you know, the opportunities that these guys have been given, you know, and you can't ask for that. And that's what great coaching does. He maximizes the talent that he has around him. He does the, the best with what he's got. And they've been doing that. And, you know, I, you know, RJ Barrett, you know, had a very solid year last year, but he's improved significantly. I remember before, like at the very beginning of the season, he was shooting below 40%. Everyone was like, this guy's a bust. This guy stinks. Now he's becoming, in just his second year, almost a 40% three-point shooter. And you cannot – the ceiling is very high for the Knicks. I personally think 
a major free agents going there sooner rather than later. That front office is completely set up to Leon get them Rose doing a great job. And I think Julius Randle is going to be a guy that is going to be there. He's going to be part of that nucleus that is there oh. to help the Knicks get to the finals. I believe he's going to have a statue possible. outside the stadium at this point, the, the way the Knicks fans are, are reacting to these, like, I mean, basically when, when winning streaks, it looks like they're winning a championship. You know, some of these, like they're, they're going crazy outside the garden. Well, it helps uh, when the Yankees and the Mets suck. You got the Knicks. At least. Now you can go the Yankees and Mets suck. Thank God we got the Knicks. When was the last time they could say that? Well, it's funny though. I mean, really? I, I actually, uh, like the early nineties. Yeah. And, and, and I joke about it, that the Knicks are the new Mets because they're, they're blue and orange and the better teams across the city and they wear black and white. <laughs> they put some Dr. Seuss stuff in New York. Mets, Nets, Jets, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. But have we won a finals yet? No. Oh God. No. You, you had to go there, didn't you? you I did. I did. Yeah. Be proud of yourself, sir. Yeah, you, you you we got into it a little bit a few uh weeks ago on the on the group chat about uh my feelings about the Knicks being the most overrated franchise in NBA history. You know, they they have two championships. What have you done for me since 1973? Nothing. A couple That's finals. True. I would appearances. agree with you on that. They are the most overrated. All right. All right. Well, perfect. We'll leave it right there. Perfect way uh to offend some Knicks fans uh before we move in <laughs> to uh more Suns talk here. Uh so Suns currently, let's see, right right there in the mix. They're the number two team in the West by record, 42 and 17. And just nipping on the Jazz heels. I think they have a chance to finish with the best record in the NBA. Crazy to say that. And, and if they do, then it, it does have to be Monty for coach of the year. Uh, but what's this team's ceiling? We'll start with you, JT. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, uh, if you look at last year's uh, crazy bubble run, I feel like if they get in a bubble this year, it's over. You, you got some tr- trouble coming. They just need to get in the playoffs, and if they do another bubble system, I think it's going to be dangerous because all the other teams have that fan culture built already. The Suns have the team built, and I think that's what's going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Okay, okay. I think they definitely can make the NBA Finals. I'm still picking the Lakers until someone throw, knocks off LeBron. I'm not picking anybody else. I can't pick anybody else. No one's picked. No one's knocked this guy off. He hasn't missed the finals since he left Cleveland. So, yeah. I mean, I can't not pick the guy. It's still LeBron James. Do I think they can make the finals? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to beat the Lakers? I mean, that's a different story. I mean, the, you know, the, Anthony Davis and LeBron haven't exactly been very healthy. Right. So, well, that's I my concern is like, they're probably going to little rust is too much rust i think that's how competitive the west is like they got time they got time they yeah, got time I, but i also Lakers think team has to be the favorite i well here's the thing let's say so let's say phoenix gets the the, the record you've only got chris paul you've never been to the playoffs before now you're facing lebron and ad likely in the second round hmm. that's a tall task that's yeah. a tall task literally and, six nine and six eleven task yeah yeah and, and then think about the big four and in the Eastern conference for the nets, if they have to face them in the finals, that's a Blake Griffin, uh, Kyrie situation right there. Yeah. And the crazy thing is they still, LaMarcus just retired. Could you imagine if they had to have LaMarcus thrown in the mix too? Now you get yeah. all that to worry about. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. I'd say that right now, and this is the first time I'm saying this in a recording and it, it I can't believe I'm saying it. Cause I've been kind of like, 
it's not that I don't believe in this team, but right now I'm kind of looking at the Clippers as my favorite, just how good they've been since getting Rondo. And uh, Josh is violently shaking his head. You never, never, never been on the Clippers. Just We've been saying this for what? Over five years? And what happened? They haven't gotten out of the second round yet. They got to prove that first. Fair enough. Well, I, I do me. think that they, like, as far as contenders out West go, I'm looking at the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, and dare I say still the Nuggets. I thought they were going to regress a little bit with uh, Jamal Murray out, but they've been – they haven't missed a beat and Jokic is your MVP. Uh, he's your right now. He's the best player in the NBA or at least having the best season. And so I will say this about the nuggets. You need that guy who can handle the ball and do what you need when the time is right. They had that in Jamal Murray. When you don't have that in the playoffs, you need those guys because everything tightens up. There's less fouls called scoring goes down. It's a lot tougher defense, tighter, you got to have those guys who can just go off. Jokic yeah. can go off, but he's also a center, and he he's not blowing past you. Jamal yeah. Murray's guy who can complete, who can take. Who do you want to take the last shot, Jamal Murray or Jokic? I'm taking Jokic. Jamal Murray. No, 100 percent Jokic. Jokic has been insanely clutch. Like when when the Nuggets. I mean, look at the game the other night against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Nuggets were down 10 points with four minutes left. Murray's out with a torn ACL, and Jokic is just like. The dragon from South Park, climb on my back, boys! <laughs> you know, like just comes out here, guns a blazing, and takes the team. <laughs> you know, just takes the team right back to imagination land, and then they win that game in double overtime. You know, <laughs> so, don't make, I don't want to watch that episode again. It's a great episode. Fun. It's a great episode. <laughs> but that's so good. That, uh, someone's got to make that a meme. Like Jokic is the dragon. Climb on my back, boys, and then just put on. You know, you can Photoshop in uh, for the the hey, South like Michael Porter Jr., uh Will Barton, who I think is a key ball handler for them. And uh Aaron Gordon's been a great fit. But I I do think Jokic can be that guy. But all this just to say that a healthy Lakers team is still my favorite over all those teams. I think that there's like the there's the Lakers and then there's the second tier. And that second tier is Utah, Phoenix uh, the little brother, which is the Clippers, and mm-hmm. I guess the Nuggets still. I guess the Nuggets still. We're gonna have to see, but all One it's gonna take. Also, if One thing they, I want to point out also about the Lakers, they got Andre freaking Drummond. Yeah, like I mean, you want to talk about a problem? I remember when they signed, him, I was like, "You gotta be kidding!" Yeah, me. yeah. It was like you kidding me right now. But Jokic would. Jokic will, Jokic will give him issues. That's, that's oh yeah, Jokic great. will make him bamboozle him. I think DeAndre can. It's just when you add that piece, yeah, that, that can be a problem. But with the Lakers, I'm still, I'm not. You can't ask me to not pick LeBron. It's just not happening. I've just, every, every single time you say not to pick LeBron, he figures it out. Yeah, <laughs> playoff Lakers are different. Yeah, playoff LeBron's different, and and like they're the yeah. biggest team since the Monstars. Now that you have Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis. LeBron James, I mean Giants. Fuck attach, they're monsters. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, are anyway. we excited about the movie? By the way, what are your thoughts? I don't know, man. I mean, like, I'm gonna see it. There was too much going on in the trailer for me. I was like, why are we bringing King Kong into Space Jam? I haven't, I, I haven't <laughs> seen the trailer. Like, no, that's all you need to know is that King Kong is in the trailer. I was like, it's a little much. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I think it's really... such a classic. Yeah. I, I, you can't it's... beat the original. You can't. It's got Bill Murray. What are you going to do? I, I was I was born in the early nineties. Like, there will that. never be a point where I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, the new Space Jam's great. I mean, I'm, no. I'm just old enough where I think SpongeBob is dumb, you know, and that that makes me a total asshole, you know. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, yeah. Josh is happy about that. No one, you know, no one agrees with me there, but that's and that's who I am. When I was ten years old, it was hmm, I will watch Batman the animated series reruns. That is a great show. It is a great show, and I will watch Around the Horn and I will watch PTI. But if you are putting on Nickelodeon when you get home from third grade, what are you even doing with your life? No. Oh no. come on! You didn't watch. First of all, Avatar is an amazing show. So. I heard Avatar's good. I, I haven't watched that, but the point is I was getting home and I was watching NBA basketball. I was watching sports center, you know? And so <laughs> I got, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm just a different animal. Uh, but that, that does lead me to the, the next little segment here. And th that is a fun one. Uh, real quick. Go, go around the room. This is the best Suns team since when is it? The, is it the 2010 team? Is it the Oh, four Oh five team. Uh, I mean, the 2010 team, uh, that, that was sick. Nash, Jason Richardson, Grant Hill, uh, Robin Lopez, Amari Stoudemire. I'd say it's 2010 because I think I think those mid-2000 Suns teams, those were finals teams. Like, that was top two in the West. You knew 05-06, if Amari doesn't get hurt, they probably go to the finals, and they probably beat the Heat. They probably do. I mean, if you look at that team in terms of star power, they had enough offense. I mean, it was just – a team was stacked beyond words and clobbering everybody and just had a perfect system in place. Didn't have Amari and still made the conference finals and still came within two games of getting to the NBA finals. Two wins within getting to the NBA finals and didn't even have their second-best player. So I would say 2010 because they got to the Western Conference finals – lost to a better Lakers team. And I think this is kind of the same situation. I still think the Lakers are a better team. I think the Lakers have regressed a little bit this year. You think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals and lose to the Lakers again? <laughs> I think it's very possible that's what's going to happen. Fair enough. Very, very possible. But I would say definitely since 2010, absolutely that's the case. I would say 04 to 07. Uh like the the Mavericks are when they lost third round, Clippers lost third round, and then in uh, 07 they lost to the to the Lakers in the third round as well. They were going hard with with Steve Nash. That that team was dynamic. And right now, relating it back, I mean, like did if, did you guys check out the uh, CP3 toss to Devin Booker from foul line to foul line uh, for the score the other day? That, that reminded me of some Steve Nash era stuff, and it, that was exciting. Yeah, I, I think I got to go back to the Nash era myself, and. So just some uh, stat bombs for you. Josh, make, make some explosion sounds when I say these. Uh, so the highest win percentage of all time for the Phoenix Suns uh, was 2004-2005 at 75-6. Uh, Perfect explosion sound. Uh, actually tied for the same one with 92-93 uh, team. That team losing the finals to the, uh, the Chicago Bulls, of course. So this current Suns team has the fifth best win percentage so far in Phoenix Suns history. 
uh, the two in front of them, 06, 07. So once again, Nash Suns and then 94, 95. Uh, so that like Barkley era Suns team and uh, Paul Westfall, uh, RIP, such an awesome coach. But this team still could catch up with them. So I think it is the best teams. Yeah, since that like 04 to 07 run, uh, two conference finals trips, as you mentioned, JT. And, uh, you know, they're really bringing back that that Steve Nash presence offensively and an upgrade defensively with Chris Paul. And so, and, and obviously this is modern basketball now. So I love the way this team's built. They can spread you out. Uh, this is one of the very best defensive teams in the NBA. But yeah, I'd say it's the best team since those winning 75, 76% of their games teams uh, with Phoenix Sun, the or I'm sorry, with uh, Steve Nash and uh, Mike D'Antoni. That 04, 05 season, uh, 62 and 20, that 2006, 2007, 61 and 21. And so right now at the time we're recording, 42 and 17 for Monty Williams. But it's a top five Suns team of all time. And they got a legitimate chance to make it all the way to the NBA finals and anything's possible. Really? Uh, a lot of these teams, some teams might require more injuries, but like a lot of teams are just an injury away. Um, so it, it's, it's quite interesting to speculate just how far this team could go. I just wouldn't put too much money on anything. Uh, wrapping up the sun's talk. I have prepared my all-time starting five for the Phoenix Suns. The rules, though, are in my lifetime. I can't put in, you know, guys I don't at least vaguely remember, you know. Uh, so the rules are the year you were born on uh, are, are players you can include. And so uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get started. And then, uh, Josh, you want to go next, and then we'll save you for last, JT. All right, so I, I want three guard offense. I'm I'm stretching a little bit here, but you know, two of these guys have to be on the team. So Steve Nash and Chris Paul are my guards, and then I'm putting uh, Devin Booker as my three, and he it's fine. He'll just play fast, and then Charles Barkley and Amari Stoudemire. So I'm going kind of small ball, but that's my my lifetime Suns team. I was born in '91, so that's <laughs> you know, uh, give me. Are they in their primes? We got we got like rules here specifically. Like, are we getting prime Chris Paul? We're we getting you with 35 year old Chris Paul. Yeah, you're no, you're getting 35 year old Chris Paul. I mean, you're getting Suns Chris Paul, right? I'm getting Suns Charles Barkley. You're getting Suns Steve Nash, Suns Amari Stoudemire, in at the peak of their powers. All right. Well, then in that case, I'm going. Mr. Steve Nash, give me Devin Booker, give me Mr. Sean Marion, yep. give me Mr. Give me Mr. Barkley, and then give me Amari. And I want to question you guys on this: When it comes to centers, is Shaq the best center outside of DeAndre Ayton that the Phoenix Suns have had in our lifetime? I would say I would probably say yes. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and that was yeah. an old Shaq. Yeah, the big cactus. <laughs> the big, I like to call myself the big cactus. Thank you. Yeah, I call myself the big Papa John now. All right, uh, JT, who you got? I think I'd go uh, 
definitely Steve Nash, Devin Booker. I do the Sean Marion. He was a four-time All-Star, so I, I like that. Uh, so Amari Stoudemire, and then literally. And uh, honestly, I think uh, – I don't know who I'd do for my last one. I'd probably get – Shaq was not my era. It was two years before I was born. So um, let's see. I'd probably do – Drogic. Honestly, I'd go back to the Drogic era. I liked him as a player. I, okay. I liked him a lot with the Suns. I feel like he just wasn't on a good enough team to have any potential. I feel like they just weren't there yet. Like, think I, I don't know. I, I feel like he could have had some potential, but the Dragon. We're big fans of him on this show. Uh, Stefano's going to love hearing that. Uh, always talking about Drogic. Uh, all right. So now we will wrap this up with our final segment. And uh, this is the Daily Dollar. Uh, we've been doing this a lot lately, and uh, basically the way it works is we just go through tonight's games. We'll try to get through it a little quicker than normal because normally we spend a lot more time on this, but we'll kind of do a rapid fire uh, daily dollar and, uh, you know, who wins and uh, your prediction. And JT, if you want to make some predictions, feel free, uh, but don't feel like you have to either. Uh, Josh, I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> All right. What did I do to you? Oh, <laughs> uh, you let, you let me recruit you for my podcast team. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's, let's start in, uh, in the four Oh four, the Atlanta Hawks are hosting the Miami heat. And the Heat are five-and-a-half-point favorites because the Hawks are absolutely decimated with injuries. Uh, Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, Tony Snell, game-time decisions. Chris Dunn still out. DeAndre Hunter out. Cam Reddish out. Trey Young out. Now, Victor Oladipo is out for the Heat. Tyler Hero and Gabe Vincent, game-time decisions. Uh, so the projected starters for the Heat, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Trevor Reza, Bam Adebayo for the Hawks. Uh, we got Brandon Goodwin, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Hurter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. The over-under is 212. I am not touching that over-under line. Uh, the Heat played too good a defense. Uh, but I do think the Heat are – I honestly want to call them a lock. They, they need to win this game. This is an important conference matchup. The Heat are 31-28, and 28, Hawks 32-27. and 27. And so they can even things up and uh, continue to recover from what was a pretty gruesome start for the Miami Heat. So I'm going Miami 103, Atlanta 98. I think I'm, I'm going to take Miami as well. I, I don't like to bet against my boy Jimmy. I never did. I love this guy. Love him to death. Always will. He, I just want to – I cannot give that man enough praise. He's finally found a spot in Miami. Love him, and I hope he doesn't leave. He, I want Him and Pat Riley are, like, meant for each other. Just the person – it just meshes him in Miami. I agree. Without Trey Young, I I don't see with Atlanta tonight. Not liking that at all. I think they still definitely have a chance in this game. But Bam Adebayo is going to cause problems to whoever's being guarded, especially on a switch. And because of the defensive talent of that team, I think – I'm definitely going to take Miami. I'm going to say this one's a little bit lower scoring, though, and I think Miami wins tonight 107-98. Okay. Okay. So we're, ro- we're both having a- Atlanta held under 100 points, which is yeah, something I think it'll Miami be. Do. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as easy of a game as I think. I'm definitely. I would definitely take the under on the two twelve points. I definitely would, because without Trey, if we had Trey Young, different story. Yeah, different story. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I I don't know much about sports betting, honestly. So I'm here to listen. But I would say, like, with the past six games, like Atlanta being, they put over 100 points on the board each game. So uh, that's all. That's all I have to. That's that's good context. That's good context. Yeah. Those keep those coming. All right, moving down the line. (laughs) The Boston Celtics visiting the Brooklyn Nets. Game time decision for the Durantula. Uh, James Harden is still out. Nick Claxton is still out. And uh, Mike James, who? Mike James, game time decision. Uh, I think that is the guy. Remember the guy who played for Phoenix for like a minute and then they got cut? And Gabriel yeah. had a whole thing where he was like, why did this guy get cut? That's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's he, he was solid. Uh, one guy I, I, who's, who's starting for them who's just been like phenomenal lately, just randomly phenomenal. Like he's always been good. But – Good Lord, Landry Shamit. Like, he, he had a rough game against the Raptors. He was 3 of 17, but a career high 30 points against Miami uh, on the 18th. And then on 420, he dropped a clean 18. And so he's in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, Boston's like back. Jalen Brown's a, good, a game time decision. I still don't know he's what to out. make of this team. He's out. He, he is officially out now. I just looked at RotoWire and it says he's out. Okay, yeah, my, maybe I got to refresh my page. Okay, so We're only seven games back. Oh, you're right. I just refreshed my page. Amazing, Josh. Amazing. So, uh, okay, in that case, I'm definitely going Brooklyn here, even if, especially if Durant plays. And that's the thing. You got to keep an eye on that. But Brooklyn's the four and a half point favorite. It's in New York. Um, I'm going, and Brooklyn likes to put up points. That's why the over under is 227.5. I'm going Brooklyn 117, Boston 112. I would ha- I would actually say I'll give one this one. I'm gonna have to go with you probably as well on Brooklyn. I just think when you got two superstars, Kyrie and KD like that, you're gonna get lit up on most nights. And Oh, is that Brooklyn team fun to watch? And, and it's a back-to-back for Boston, too. Right. And so that's why I'm going to take them. And I just kind of say one more time how much fun it is to watch that team. I, I'm I mean, obsessed with watching Kyrie Irving. It's perfect. You get James Harden as point guard. Now you get Kyrie playing the two, and he can just do what he needs to do. He was never a point guard. He never was. We all knew he was never a point guard. He was a shooting guard. That's what he is. He's a shooter, plain and simple. He's not a primary point guard. That's not what he does. James Harden's more of a point guard than he is. And then you get the most unstoppable scorer I think I've ever seen in Kevin Durant in terms of pure scoring ability. Probably the most that I've seen. I mean, I've seen Mel, I've seen Harden. I don't know how you stop a seven foot guy who can shoot, pull up on a three like he does. I just don't. You, know you don't. You can't. It's impossible. You can't. It's the most unstoppable scoring machine I've ever seen next to Mike and all those guys. He's just, it's a different level of scoring. He's right yeah. there in that yeah. tier one level of score. So I'm going to take Brooklyn in this one. 120 to 113. Okay. Okay. So we both have them covering that four and a half spread. I expect I'm getting them the high point there, but I will say this. I think both, I would say we're definitely going to see one team scoring in the one tens. Definitely. And I'm going to put lean towards Brooklyn on that one. Definitely more towards Brooklyn on that one. Get into one ten plus. Yeah. And Boston plays good defense. The nets are just the, the nets. 
And Kevin you Walker's not, too. When you have Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, you don't need to play great <laughs> defense. You just got to score a lot of points. And you are the one of the teams in the league who – you're pretty much the one team in the league who you have so many guys and so much scoring on your team, even with the role players, that you don't have to play as much defense. You can win just scoring the basketball. And they are very good at scoring more points than the other team, and that's how you win basketball games. Last and, time pl- and playoff time is going to be so scary because you got three deadly ISO scores too. Absolutely. Uh, JT, any thoughts before we move on to uh, Houston and yeah. L.A.? I would say so. Looking at the Boston Celtics sun score the other night, they had a tough matchup. They beat them 99-86. I'm going to do the flip around. I'm going to go Brooklyn 99, Boston 86. Two tough, ma- two tough nights, so – Let's see what happens. Okay. Okay. Uh, So now we have the lowly Houston Rockets. Houston, we do have a problem, and it's that James Harden's not on the team anymore, and now they're bad. Uh, I don't know who (laughs) Armani Brooks is. Uh, Let me ask the studio audience. You know who Armani Brooks is? Is he good? He's not good, says studio audience. And so it's uh, John Wall, who's 106 this week, Uh, Armani Brooks, Jay Sean Tate, who is good. Yeah, studio audience loves Jay Sean Tate. Uh, Kelly Olynyk. Apparently, yeah, he leads them in all categories, apparently. Wow. And Christian Wood. But you're going against the pretty hot Clippers right now. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is out. Patrick Beverly is out. Rajon Rondo is a game-time decision. But Paul George is playing fantastic basketball. This team's got enough depth. Uh, Luke Kennard's going to be out. I think it's going to be a little... Um, I'm nervous about this spread because the Rockets seem to still score quite a bit. Uh, and every once in a while, they'll sneak up on a team. The Clippers are 10 point favorites. I'm not crazy about that, but uh, I do think the Clippers are pretty much a, a lock to win this one. I'm going, uh, one 10 to 98. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they cover that 10 point spread, but I'm taking the under the 223 not even kidding that was what i was gonna say 11098 <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say because i just think for me i mean i'm looking at this rockets team they haven't scored 100, first of all they haven't scored 100 points in three of the last four games and even when they do score this team gives up so many freaking points yeah. so many points and i'm I actually think tonight we're going to see the Clippers likely this game's probably going to be over midway. I would say do not be surprised if this game is over midway through the third quarter and Kawhi sits out the fourth. I think it could be well, or, Kawhi's not playing. Kawhi's not playing tonight. He's yeah. not. I forgot. He's not my bad. I think I still think even with that, without Kawhi, they'll be fine. Paul George will do his thing. They'll have a balanced scoring attack and do his thing. I don't expect Paul George to go off for 40 tonight. He'll probably 25 points in 28 minutes do his thing. Everyone else will get their buckets and that'll be it. It'll be, you know, one of those nights. I can definitely see Paul George going off, but this doesn't feel like one of those games. So I would expect, I would expect the Clippers to take this one pretty handedly and take care of business very quickly. And this game, I don't expect to last. I don't expect Houston to be in this game if they are for very long. Okay. Uh, what's your final score? Or yeah, you said one ten ninety eight, just like me. Uh, JT, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Clippers. I think, uh, you know, I haven't I haven't heard about Yao Ming over at the Rockets in a while, so I don't think there's a <laughs> chance there. You know, <laughs> back when James I'm Harden and Yao Ming my were team over there. Galaxy <laughs> Opal might have a shot. Yeah, yeah. So Throw in Galaxy Opal, Yao Ming, and all bets are off. Now it's dark matter, apparently. <laughs> Jeez, I'm. I don't even. I don't know. 
I haven't, I haven't done the my team in a few years. I, I built the DePaul Blue Demons. Uh, <laughs> remember, I like, I like. Put Don't the, mess with Diamond Mark Aguirre, bro. Don't mess with me here. I'll pull oh, I up. believe it. I believe it. Give me, uh, give me Q Rich. Phoenix Suns <laughs> Q Rich. So we got the Washington Wizards, who are the fastest team in the NBA, leading the league in pace against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, I'm not even going to look too much at the numbers on this one. I will tell you right now that Russell Westbrook is playing out of his mind. I think he got you know, 20 rebounds the other night, just a casual 20 rebounds. Uh, he is back to averaging a triple-double this season, 21.6 points per game, uh, 11.1 rebounds, 10.9 assists. The guy can really play. Uh, still not a great shooter. Only 31% from three, but never has been, never will be. Can't even shoot for the free throw line anymore. No, but I mean, he's, he's making such a dramatic and impressive impact for that Washington team lately. And I think that the wizards, I mean, they, they really can score with anybody. That's why they've beat the nuggets twice. That's why they've beat the jazz twice you know they're they're a team that can lose to anybody in the nba on any given night like they could lose the pistons right but then go beat the lakers which they've also beaten twice i think washington beats the crap out of uh oklahoma city tonight and no disrespect to oklahoma city but keep an eye on lou dort but sga is out you know He's, he's the only man that could save them from the Russell Westbrook nightmare hour. Uh, Moses Brown, big fan of Moses Brown. Uh, Pokachevsky has been really nice down uh, lately. Uh, but the, the Wizards are 10-point favorites. I think they cover that 10 points. Wizards 125, OKC 106. I think this game is going to be, first of all, we also have to forget our old friend Al Horford is out because he's old. I love that on the reason why he did not play. They just put old now. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I like what they did it for the Spurs. Tim Duncan out reason old. But yeah. I'm going to pick, first of all, I got to say the Wizards are a very fun team to watch. They do kind of have a big three. Not a big three, but like Bertans is a very, very fun player to watch because he's such a unique kind of player. He just can pull up and when he gets hot, forget it. Russell Westbrook, I mean, you want to talk about like a Bugatti on a basketball court? I mean, that's what you're getting. I mean, you're getting Ducati, excuse me, Ducati. Like just with a fat, with those really fast. I think that's like the fastest bike, one of the faster bikes. He just go, he plays at 110 miles an hour every time yeah. he steps in the court. And you know, it it stinks that we're not going to see him playing in the playoffs again and doing his thing and helping his team because right now he's kind of in no man's land in Washington along with Bradley Beal, who I really want them to get the hell out of Washington. Please trade him. But I'm definitely going to take the Wizards in this one. I, I think OKC can definitely sneak in a win here, though. Because okay. when you're a team that can't play any defense, you're bound to have games where you let teams creep back in. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not hitting your shots and you can't defend anything to save your life, yeah, you it's very easy. I'm actually going to take – OKC in this one by three. I'm going to say 118, Ooh. 115 OKC. Wow. Sexy pick, Josh. I like that. Why not? Let's give it, let's give them some love a little bit. I'm not lying. I, I, I've watched when they played the Bulls. I've watched, you know, they're not a league pass team to me because 
outside of SGA, that's not really provide outside of Lou Dort. I have no recollection of any. I've seen these guys play, but when I watch the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm like, I don't know who any of you are. I, that's a problem for me. But I'll give I'll give the no name I'll give the no name starting lineup a pass here. I'm gonna give it to OKC tonight. I'm rooting for OKC. I hope they get it, and let's see what they got tonight. All right, why not? I'll give it to them. These are some new names for me. I'm gonna have to definitely be paying attention here, but I think Lou Dort's gonna have a nice game tonight. All right, JT, words of wisdom. Yeah, number number ten versus thirteen. We got the Wizards, and I, I'm gonna choose OKC in this one. I think that that the Bulls are only a half game back from that ten position. Yeah. So why not why not risk it? You know, let's, let's call the W for OKC. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Any Bulls fan has to be an anti-Wizards fan right now. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I won't even watch Harry Potter. I'm, that's how That's how mad I am. I've been uh, an anti-Wizard ever since the Nene incident. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just no magic left for them. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Caviers visiting the Charlotte Hornets, who are named after uh, – a reference to the Revolutionary War where General Cornwallis of the Redcoats said that Charlotte was a hornet's nest of rebellion. And then against really? the Cavaliers. Yeah, that's a true story. I did not in, know that. In the Cavaliers, uh, that's that's a cavalry situation. So you have the cavalry coming into Charlotte, and that doesn't bode well, historically <laughs> speaking. Um, and so Cleveland comes into this hornet's nest of rebellion and just gets wiped you know, they're going to get destroyed. They, they're, they're riding a high because they just beat the crap out of the Bulls. They come back down to earth and the Bulls just beat the crap out of Charlotte. And so the, the karmic wheel spins on. Now Charlotte is angry. Now the, the Hornets are angry and they will sting the cavalry. And so I'm going to go uh, Charlotte 106, <laughs> Cleveland 105. So it is actually going to be really close. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, I'm going Charlotte Gordon Hayward still out Lonzo Ball still out for a few more games Malik Monk out uh, but all jokes aside this one absolutely could go either way because the uh, you know Kevin Love's actually healthy lately uh, yet yeah, you know what do I change my mind here yeah I do I do I'm going Cleveland <laughs> I'm going Cleveland same score 106 105 Cleveland don't touch this one like if you're a gambling man just don't touch this one it's uh too much of a toss-up, but I'm looking at this, the starting five of Jared Allen, uh, Kevin Love, Isaac Okoro, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garland. And I think they're just going to put up points. I, yeah, now I'm rethinking my whole thing. I think I got to go higher. 112-111. This one's going to come down to the final possession, though. I do think Cleveland wins, though. All, all, all my revolutionary war talk for nothing. <laughs> I definitely think Cleveland, I mean – Coming off that win against the Bulls, I mean, you've got a great – first of all, I, I'll give it to Cleveland. They have such a great backcourt in Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. It's just what are you going to put around it? And I think we all have to just face reality. It's Cleveland. What are they going to put around it? <laughs> it's a graveyard. It's a graveyard again. Rock and Roll and, Hall of Fame. I know I've been there. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a very nice Hall of Fame. So, but even so, I'll take Cleveland this one as well. I like the Cavs. I like the fact they've got those Colin Sexton, Darius. I think they're going to have a nice evening. And 
I think that right now they're going to be riding high, like you said, coming out of the Bulls game. And Charlotte coming off a back-to-back traveling, never easy when you have a back-to-back. That tra- that traveling schedule, especially during freaking COVID, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's gonna. It yeah. adds. I feel like it adds extra weight to it, to your yeah. to your legs a little bit. They're going to be a little heavy legged. So yeah, I'm actually going to take Cleveland in this one. Um, I'm going to say 104 to 97. Okay, okay, I, I like that pick. I like that pick. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. These are two not great teams. And Charlotte, you know, really struggled in their last game. But I also think, you know, who knows? I mean, they they were horrible from three in the previous game, under 26%. So if they can get hot tonight, who knows? But right now, I'm, I'm going to say this is a lower scoring game. Okay, fair enough. JT, words of wisdom. Yeah, I mean, I, I think dealing with Kevin Love, we're not talking about a Minnesota Kevin Love anymore. No more 30 pounds heavier and a terrible haircut, like he says. I think we're going to go with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love. I'm going to go with Cleveland. One, 110-98. Ooh, okay. Cleveland taking care of business. I like that. Well, yep. All right. Taking care of business. Every day, except when they don't, <laughs> which is usually on the defensive end. Um, so we got... I'm going to save my favorite game for last. Uh, so instead we're going to go uh, to Portland mm-hmm. where the, the hipster Portland trailblazers, the Charles Barkley favorite to win the title still probably uh, host the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, Jonas Valanciunas is out. And I think that's key here. Xavier Tillman is in, uh, but Valanciunas is a really important element of what they do. And uh, it's going to be Nurkic, who has not been quite himself lately. Uh, and, and as Cantor, who's having a really great season with Portland, I love him being back there. Uh, Portland is a three-point favorite. I kind of think they win by more than three. Uh, the over-under is 233. Now, this one is kind of interesting, though, just because anything's possible with John Morant and you also have uh, Jaron Jackson back now. I don't know how. Didn't he make his debut like a day ago or so? Yeah. And then uh, Grayson Allen, who's quietly turned into one of my favorite role players in the NBA. He's just not really talked about, but he's such an important element for them. Uh, So the trailblazers average 114 points per game, 114.1. If we're really getting scientific, the Grizzlies average 113.6. And I think that is a good indication of how this game could go. Um, but I do think that the Blazers are going to be able to put up a little bit more than that. I'm going 118-114. The Blazers win and just barely cover uh, that three-point spread. And that's an over, too. No, no. Yes, yes. No. <laughs> Let me do some math. Josh, go ahead. Don't hurt yourself while you do it. Uh, but for me, uh, I actually think that this would be interesting. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. could be a very interesting factor. I mean, back on the court now, finally. I think this could be a very intriguing matchup, dare I say, for them tonight because I think Jaron Jackson, I mean, now that he's back in action, if he could, I think it'll take a, you know, a little while for him to get going, especially towards the end of the year. And they're going to restrict his minutes, but I still think he could be a huge factor in this game. 
And Portland is not a team that defends very well. We've said that we've, we've seen it. They've improved a little bit, but it's still an issue. I mean, it's going to come down. I think it might come down to, it's going to come down to the role players again. I think we're going to have to see who is able to step up and, but I think I'm going to take Memphis in this one, 112 to 109. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's, it's always a good daily dollar when uh, we're not just agreeing on everything. No. And you know what? I will say this also. Uh, I, w- I will say this. I would love to see. I I love watching Portland just because I love watching Mellow. Even if it's not Mellow, he's still Mellow. And I love watching Mellow play some basketball. Okay. It's very step. Yeah, absolutely. All right. JT, no pressure. The balance of democracy in your hands. Make this a two-thirds majority. Who who wins this game? <laughs> yeah, honestly, thinking about it, I was looking at the Trailblazers or the horses, you know, looking at the Grizzlies with the claws. I think the Trailblazers are going to outrun the Grizzlies here. They're okay. going to take it into overtime, 110 to 107. Overtime. Oh, in overtime. All right. Yeah, because the point difference wasn't too far off. You said 13 point something to 14 point something. So yeah. I feel like we, we could have some potential here. So we're all taking the under on this one. Uh, finally, we go to the Mile High City, and I'll be listening on the radio as I make my journey back to uh, the land of Lincoln, and I'm not talking Nebraska. Anyway, it's the Denver Nuggets. No, this one's an Oracle, or not even Oracle. What, what's it called now? The Chase Center. So we're, we're, we're in uh, Golden State. Forget all the soliloquies. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. So... Eric Pascal's out. Damian Lee is out. Kent Bazemore is out. And uh, JTA is out. So it's Gavon Looney, Draymond Green, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, who missed that layup the other night. Yikes. Uh, Stephen Curry. Just dunk that shit, man. Uh, To quote anger management, you got to dunk that shit. Uh, And then they're hosting the four wins in a row, Denver Nuggets, with Faku Campazzo, who is wildly entertaining to watch. Super fun. Uh, Will Barton, and then that forward tandem, interchangeable forward tandem. Who's the small forward? Who's the power forward? They're just both forwards. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and your MVP, Nikola Jokic. But really, my two MVP guys are right now are Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic. I think those are the two hottest players in basketball right now. This is my game of the night. Uh, the over-under is 229. It's really hard to bet against the Warriors. It is really hard to get bet against the Warriors, especially when Steph Curry is doing the things he is doing lately. Um, so I need more time. I need more time. He's going for a franchise record against the Nuggets, isn't he? For uh, scoring. Oh, is he? Something? For, I think well, he's going. Because he, uh, he, he passed Wilt recently. I think he's. it's against the Nuggets, I thought. I may be wrong, maybe speaking from somewhere else, but like, I don't know what you say about Steph at this point. I mean, I've just, it's what is there to say at this point? Best Other shooter of all just, time. Maybe yeah. Best yeah. Point guard of One all of time. the best point guards of all time. 100%. Yeah. Like, like right now it's magic Johnson. It's Steph Curry for me. No particular order. We're going pure. We're going point guards are like pure point guards. There's a difference. I mean, think about it nowadays. He's a every, every kid. Like think when we were growing up and like, like when you guys were growing up, especially Michael Jordan was a big, was a big person to look up to. Look at, look at every kid wearing those jerseys. Like everybody's looking up to him and seeing right. the potential he has. He's, yeah. he's a legend. Um, one 18 
to 114. So I'm going on the over in Denver barely covers. Denver gets the win. Nikola Jokic takes this personally, as Michael Jordan would say. Uh, and I think, but I think both of these guys go absolutely bananas against each other. Like I, I, I think, think both are going to drop at least 35. And, and uh, someone, someone, someone saying something from the studio audience. Jordan Poole has a big game, says uh, says friend of the show Reed. And so uh, keep that in, in account. Jordan Poole's just going to go crazy. How big though? He's going to be the second leading scorer after Steph. You heard it here first, folks. Place your bets on that. I like the confidence. Yeah. I enjoy the confidence. Yeah. I, um, I'm i going to go with Denver in this one. I just think that while I love my boy Steph, and I think he's just going to go ham, I think I'm going to take Denver this one. I think Jokic is going to grab a triple-double. Oh, I, I think, love that. I think Jokic will have a triple-double. I'm going to take Denver 120 to 114. Okay. Okay. So pretty similar scores. All right, JT. I think I'm going to go with golden state. Uh, never, never failed me before when I choose them. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Steph Curry and 110 98. Okay. Okay. A little we breakthrough at the end. Well, uh, yeah, JT, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, one yeah, last definitely. time, it's been a pleasure. tell everybody where they can find you on social media so they can find your work. Yeah, you guys can find me at Nomadic by Nature podcast as well as JT Mokarski. Awesome. And uh, a special shout out to our graphic designer, Evan Buttress. He made our beautiful logo. Uh, we still haven't named him. Uh, we, we talked about Bones, maybe maybe Thrill Walton. Uh, you know, Thrill Walton makes sense. He is kind of like Grateful Dead looking. So we'll see. Uh, Joshy boy, any final thoughts? Thanks for having me on, buddy, as always. Appreciate, appreciate it. Always a pleasure having you. Uh, JT, I'll tell you what, when the playoffs start, let's get get you back on for some more Phoenix Suns talks. Definitely, because they're going to be in and they're going to be taking it by storm. Get ready, guys. Love it. Love it. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star button pushing on the uh, Apple podcast. And if, if not, do it somewhere else. We're also on YouTube, so follow us on YouTube. Hit that follow button. And, uh, all will be well in the world. We'll see you next time. Happy hooping. This is Rich Lapidot.